Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week we'll bring something new to the table. We'll discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And we're back. We had a few weeks off, uh, but we're super excited to be back. It's just always really fun to be here at the table with you, my Mm -hmm. friend. Uh, And uh, with that, you're up this week. So what have you brought to the table today? Well, I thought it was your turn. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, We we have nothing to talk about. Um, We're just going to chat. No, just kidding. Um, So before our break, um, I talked about wanting to bring um, the uh, discomfort law, I think is what we were calling it at the time, from Florida. Um, It was a state bill, uh, State Bill 242 uh, in Florida. You can look it up. Um, the Florida State Senate actually has a pretty decent website for tracking yeah. like legislation. So we were able to look at the actual language of the bill and also see um, where it is in the process. Right. And it's dead. Yes. Uh, it died in committee. Um, so it will not be fully considered by the Florida legis- leg- legislature, um, which is uh, great news, Very frankly. So. Um, but I think there's still a, quite a bit to talk about with this. Um, because I mean, Florida is not the only place where stuff like this is happening. Yep. Um, right when governors like Ron DeSantis, um, who really pushed for this, uh, are signing executive orders and sponsoring or, or endorsing laws like this across the country. Um, and we talked about the moral panic of critical race theory and the reactions of right wing lawmakers to quote unquote what they think of as yeah. critical race quote theory. Yeah. Um, and this is a real example of that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I also want to highlight the ways, um, you know, another piece of this puzzle for me, um, it's not a puzzle. Right. Like because it's happened like it's really uh, impacting real people. Yeah. Um, but the ways that trans folks are being targeted by laws um, as part of this culture war yes. um, that the right is waging on all of us. It's really the only kind of um, policies that they will put forward um, at all. And it's, it's all they've really been doing for culture, culture war and like real war. Um, it's all they've really been doing for like 20 plus years. Um, and it's it's. Um, it's an attempt to try to force us to see the world as they see it. So yes. as these wealthy white cisgender men who are usually some form of Christian, right? right? So there's in this worldview, there's no room to recognize the often violent ways that poor people and black people and trans people and immigrants are treated in the U S. Um, so they react and react and react and react and consolidate power in state legislatures and on courts and throughout government, and then enforce their worldview on us, uh, and tell us that this is how the founders would have believed. And so then we buy into that because the founders are deified in in some very strange ways, uh, in the U S and they want to hide the real histories. Yeah. Um, of this country, um, you know, the stories of genocide and the stories of, of white race riots. Mm. Um, so I, I guess I want to talk a little bit today about this bill, um, the danger of it sort of, we'll try to connect it to some of the other ways that things like this are happening. 
um, across the country. Right. Um, and then, you know, we also brought this article from the Washington Post about um, some pieces of Florida history. Yeah. That um, would be purposefully hidden by this law. Yeah. Um, and other things. So we'll talk about that, too. But yeah, those 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 pieces of history in particular were so fascinating. So I'm super excited to yeah. to talk about that. And, and, and by fascinating, I mean the idea that, as you say, like it, they would be not taught to our, right. yeah. our, our students um, as a result of a bill like this. Um, I also am really intrigued by, you know, your comment around this being sort of wealthy white cisgender men, sort of, you know, some form of Christian. Um, and it's a way that they're not recognizing um, poor people, black people, trans people, immigrants, sort of that experience. And really, I think broader than that is just sort of the humanity, right? Uh, and the lived experiences of just real people, right? And what's happening, yeah. right? And and what is reality, right? Like that that is one worldview that they have, but it is not the only worldview that exists, right? Yeah. Um, it's taking that that space and assuming that it applies to everybody. To everybody. And my experience is then all everybody's experience. And so I've never had a problem with xyz so right. you must not have either absolutely um, and it's it's um it's dangerous it's dangerous it's, it's it's wild to think about it leads to um you know all kinds of things like only men serving on hearings about uh women's public health or women's health care yeah. um yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a lot of danger here. I'm really glad that uh, you brought these two articles in particular um, to the table for us and sort of that we get to shed light on what's happening in Florida. Because I also think, like you said, there's there's similar legislation and just similar action taking place in other states across the country. Yeah. And so it's really, I think, important that folks know about it, that we sort of shed a light on it um, um, and, and have a conversation about it. And I think uh, one of the things I was thinking when I was preparing for this and um, what might be helpful is to give some context about the bill, mm -hmm. you know, before we sort of dive into how we feel about it. Uh, so we're in March now. This was last month, I believe, the Florida State Legislature advanced bills that would allow parents to sue a school, right, if the schools caused students, quote, as you talked about, being discomfort, right, discomfort, guilt, or anguish. Uh, through or or sort of via the school's curriculum, right? Yeah. And so I, I looked at the bill and I pulled some specific language from it. It says that school lessons would be banned if they teach that, quote, an individual by virtue of his or her race, color, sex, or national origin is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. And then later on, it also reads, uh, quote, an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex does not bear responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. An individual should not be made to feel discomfort, guilt or anguish or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race. Uh, yeah. End quote there. Right. So there's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm triggered in a lot of ways when I read so many of those words, um, but particularly that psychological distress. Uh, I'm sure we'll get there. But, um, you know, the the idea that Governor DeSantis, you know, is a big proponent of this bill and sort of was strongly endorsing it. And, you know, he talked a lot in in public spaces around wanting to ban critical race theory and quote unquote wokeness, you know, from being taught in the schools, in schools, which is just, you know, insanity, right? Because that's not what this is about, right? And we know yeah. that. Um, and I think, you know, this legislation, as you said, it's dead now, but really 
had a lot of potential to hurt all students, right, and be a detriment to them mm-hmm. learning about real history and and developing sort of skills and understanding, I think, related to what's necessary to sort of not have our history repeat itself, but sort of beyond that, right, as you talk about worldview, right, and sort of just an understanding of each other and our lived experiences and our and our sort of our our collective um, experience on this planet, right? Yeah. Um, there, there was so many ways that this would have um, damaged that and done some, I think, some irreparable harm. So, and I think mm-hmm. that's just sort of the the tip of the iceberg for me, right? Yeah, and I think um, I don't know. There's so many pieces of it that that is so um, dis. Disgusting. Yes. I like we're gonna pass this law so you don't learn about the things that like people who look like your grandparents did. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that, and that's you know, that's what it is. And it's so um I don't know, it's so like as you said, how do we then go about learning from our history so that we don't repeat it? Yes. Um when in some ways like we're going to hide it, like, you know, people actively trying to hide it so that, so that what happens, like what's the end goal too. And right. I, that's, you know, I, I think a big part of this for me and why I'm so sort of, um, keyed up about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as you said, this would have been a new statute in Florida laws. Um, and they put a list of divisive concepts, con- divisive uh, concepts, yes. concepts uh, in the bill. Um, and so you already named a couple uh, of things that you could not teach in a school or that um, you couldn't be trained on uh, things that would be banned from being trained yes. um, in, you know, a, a state uh, bureau or um, agency uh, kind of training, right? right? Like they wouldn't be able to hire somebody to do something that might be perceived in this way. Right. Um, and so one of them, the first one was only one first divisive concept was that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. And I think that that's the, f- you were like, well, yeah. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. Like, yeah, we shouldn't teach that that is what happens. Um, but then you, you sort of, you realize, oh, you read the next one, you're like, oh, you think that we are doing that in some way through, you know, what you call critical race theory, like, and that's not what's happening either. But yeah. that is, that's the party line. That's what, like, all of the people are saying. That's what people are saying in reaction to some of the stuff we post online, too. Yes. Right? Like, we've had a couple of comments like that. And it's like, well, this is, you, you're fundamentally misunderstanding it. Absolutely. Right? We're, Yeah. And you're not applying a critical a lens to that statement, right? right? And what that actually means and what that has meant in our entire history. Right. And we, we're, you know, because you're seeing it now as reverse racism. Yes. And so it's like, um, yeah. So this is, but this is how they get you. Yes. They want it to seem reasonable at first. And then, but literally the next one is you cannot teach that the United States is fundamentally racist or sexist, <laughs> which is preposterous. Yeah. Right. Like this is a nation founded in the enslavement of African people. Uh-huh. Right. And that the that system was developed in such a way as to um, separate poor people into different classes mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't join together in mm-hmm. order to support one another. Right. In solidarity to then overthrow the system. So, yeah, it's not to mention, you know, 
the genocide. And, yes, uh, the, that was my next. Know, yeah, I was oh, like, sorry, I, was no, still, no, I dropped the gun. Like, no, and not but to wait, mention there's the more. ways that we were like systematically, purposefully removing people, which also is not something that I feel like we teach in schools, that it was like a purposeful process by the government in a lot of places across yes. this land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So then you you pointed out some some this kind of next piece, but I, just to kind of talk about it a little bit, the an individual, and this is something we're banning, right? We're banning mm-hmm. this is a divisive concept mm-hmm. that an individual should feel discomfort, guilt, or anguish, or any form of psychological distress on account of his or her race or sex, and that's really I think egregious to me. Because it puts the responsibility of somebody's reaction to a piece of information on the person delivering that information, which we obviously cannot control, right? Like this is a form of, to use an idiom, shooting the messenger. Yes. Like, and now I have to think about and control your reaction. So I have to dumb down what it is I'm saying Mm -hmm. because you might call something that you feel psychological distress about. Um, yep. And then you're going to sue and then like, you know, ultimately what's going to happen. And yep. so, yeah. Um, and I mentioned this at the end of our last episode I was, as I was kind of introducing this, um, that we were going to talk about this for this episode. But discomfort can actually be really important in how we learn. It can yes. be a really powerful way to learn things, um, you know, because that feeling tells us that something that we have believed to be true might not be true or maybe it full stop isn't true and we're like right. oh wow right and that's what that discomfort is for and that means we need to then explore that concept or assumption or quote unquote fact that we've believed this whole time um and so then to say that people won't experience discomfort in, in any kind of learning too is also like ridiculous to it's, think about it's there's just so much yeah well it's it's it, it's fascinating to me that you bring that up right because i feel the same way and i think you know we're both educators and so that this idea of um, learning from discomfort is important to us and sort of how we yeah. approach sort of working with our students, right? And, I, you know, it depends on what the what the learning is and what is happening, right? Like sometimes it's not about the discomfort, but sometimes I refer to it as that aha moment, right? So depending on what it is, what training I'm delivering or what thing has happened, um, or what retreat we're at or whatnot, right? Like, you know, you want students to have that aha moment and for some of these, um, in some of these spaces. Um, and when we're talking about you know, difficult topics like this kind of stuff, right? Um, That discomfort leads to growth and that discomfort, Mm -hmm. that discomfort leads to discovery, right? For a lot of folks, right? And a lot of students. And so, um, but you're right. That's a, that's a piece that is also another piece of what you said. That's really important to me is that puts that onus on the deliverer of the information. Right. And so Mm -hmm. to think about, think about all the things our teachers already have to do, our educators already have to do right to then on top of that now have to think about, all right, I've got 30 students in my class and how are they, how are each of them individually going to react to Mm -hmm. this topic that I'm going to do in the mental gymnastics. Then now that I have to sort of um, jump through and hurdle uh, over to, figure out how, you know, you said dumb down, how, how do you deliver the content? And right. really, I think the point of a bill like this is to make sure that you don't, you don't. Right. Right. Like how that's can it. you mention enslavement at all? At all. Right. Yeah. Even, all, even the word, right. Yeah. Even the word might cause some, what was it? Psychological distress. Yeah. And this is a, this is a total tangent, but you yeah. said, um, all the other things that our teachers have to do. And I uh, thought of like, you know, <laughs> like mass shooting drills. 
right? Oh where, where's the psych, where's the concern for the psychological distress of mouse shooting bills? Yeah. And none of these people who are putting these bills forward are doing anything about that concern yes. that is actually causing psychological, long-term psychological distress for students as well as death. Yes. Literal death of our children in schools. But let's make sure they don't learn about how the country was founded or like I, it's just, they're so disconnected from the reality of most people's experiences. That Absolutely. It's, ludicrous it's ludicrous right yeah. so yeah so I, I i thought a lot about sort of our 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 educators and our teachers in this and i one of the things i really appreciated about the washington post piece in particular was how it highlighted a lot of a lot of this and what sort of critics point out about it um or pointed out about it and um the fact that it is just going to be incredibly challenging for our teachers to teach lessons that provide sort of this true representation and accounting of history right um without discussing sort of these uncomfortable subjects right and so um yep. and i and i just continue to think about some conversations we've had here both at this table and, and beyond about just you know how so much of this country's history is ugly and it's yeah. dark and there have been just really uh, there's no other way i think to describe it but unconscionable moments uh mm -hmm. and, and 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 time frames uh, right and things that have happened and so um i, I struggle to think about you know our teachers and their ability and not for, because of a lack of anything, right. But their ability, anyone's ability to, to navigate something like this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you alluded to this at the beginning, but one of the other th amazing things that this piece did was it then went on to say like, well, let's, if this were to pass and if this were to get through, like here are just some examples and from Florida alone, right. Yeah. Uh, that would be a prime example of how, uh, of things that just wouldn't be taught, right? And so, you know, things like uh, what happened in Rosewood with the massacre there back in the 1920s, um, the the St. Augustine Four situation back in the 60s, also Axe Handle Sunday took place in the 60s, right? And so, and there were more examples as well, sort of uh, the, and I'm blanking on it now, but sort of the context of lynching yeah. in, in Florida and the stats on how many lynchings took place in Florida and Florida's yeah. sort of uh, records yeah. <laughs> of, it was, of lynching. It was second per capita only to Mississippi. Mississippi, right, which, you know, Mississippi makes a lot of sense, uh, <laughs> but second. Right. Um, and that's, I would say, you said it makes a lot of sense. I feel like we, that's, that's something that is sort of known that Mississippi, right. That, that kind of, that level of racial violence happened in Mississippi. In Mississippi. Um, or at least that's something that I know may, I may be living in the South, uh, growing up in, in Florida, like, but to be Florida second, to be second. second. And that's not something that growing up there, I even knew. Right. right? And so these are the kind of things that, that are that are being hidden, yeah. right? Um, and there was also a massacre on election day in 1920, right. 1920 um, where people just decided to kill. Um, women had gotten the right to vote. And so some, yes. some black women uh, and then also some black men decided to show up to vote at the polls. And then there was a... Um, a massacre following that. Yeah. Well. So it's, it's, to me, it was illuminating in the sense of, you know, so there are some things here and folks listening may be like us, right? If you've never heard of the St. Augustine four or the, or, or Axe Handle Saturday, right? Like there's some, there are some great 
things to look up, right? And to see what happened in Florida and in our history. Um, But the fact that if this were to have passed, right, that our students would be, you know, not able to learn about it, I think is uh, just uh, awful. Just awful. Yeah. Um, You know, I think um, one of the things that comes up for me is – in one of the articles we read, uh, Florida State Senator Chevron Jones said um, in the education committee where this was first considered, he said, at no point did anyone say white people should be held responsible for what happened. Mm. But what I would ask my white counterparts is, are you an enabler of what happened or are you going to say we must talk about history? Um, and I feel like that's even like that statement itself is very powerful. Yes. And it feels like the ways that. Um, rules of debate in legislatures also shape statements, right? Like I think in a public forum, that could have been an even more pointed question than are you going to say we must talk about history, right? I think it could be uh, a little bit more like to the point, um, which would have been considered divisive probably on the floor of the committee. Um, but it's such an important question to consider because this is the enablement of the continuation of forms of white supremacy in this country. Yes. Um, and, you know, you just talked about that history that that they're trying to hide, particularly the things that happened in Florida. Right. And, you know, I just said I'm from Florida. I, my whole education up till grad school happened in Florida. Right. I hadn't heard about any of these things in my public education. Wow. Right. As far as I remember. Right. Of course. um, And reading this, a couple of these were brand new to me. I hadn't heard of before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had, you know, (laughs) that that's uh, we don't need they don't need to pass this law not to teach history in Florida. Like they're already not doing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I don't. Or we should say at least they weren't doing it at the time in which you were there. Right. Yeah. But also. But also. Yeah. Yeah. But also Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much. There's like, what else stood out to you from this legislation? There's so much on this sort of, Um, so much in this. Yeah. I mean, you know, some, some other divisive concepts were, uh, right. Highlighted here, meritocracy or traits such as hard work ethic are racist or sexist or were created by a particular race to oppress another race. Mm. Um, And this, um, they defined race or sex stereotyping um, as a, a means of ascribing character traits, values, moral moral and ethical codes, privileges, status, or beliefs uh, to a race or sex or to an individual because of his or her race or sex. Mm. Um, and it, I think, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me about that is one, it just feels ridiculous to me, which I know I've said <laughs> a bunch already yeah. today, but... Um, it goes to show a lot in the nuances of language and can be, I think, really challenging for, um, and, you know, I'm going to participate in some race or sex stereotyping by ascribing character traits, values, morals to a particular group. Um, I think that this nuance in language can be challenging for white people mm-hmm. because we are so caught up in individualism. Yes. So when we're talking about whiteness as a sort of pattern of cultural norms, we're not necessarily talking about any one individual, right? right? And so people hear us talking about white people or people hear talking about white people in like a diversity training or something. And they think that that's somehow a personal attack. Yeah. 
when it's like, but you don't even really like you say that you're not a white person and all of these other ways. So <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's not about one individual. And I think that's really hard to parse out for people who see themselves as individuals and not part of a quote unquote white group or white race. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's another piece of this legislation that I'm like, well, look, like, look at all the ways in which whiteness is showing up in this. Yeah. Just in its, you know, in itself. Mm -hmm. And it's just fascinating to me. And, and, and it makes me think about the conversations we had. And, I, and I'm now going to blank on um, the, the, the name of the piece, but the, the article or piece that we read around the traits of white supremacy. Right. Like mm -hmm. what would yeah. it mean for folks writing this legislation to actually take some time to read that and understand those traits of white supremacy and how they manifest themselves and how they show up. Right. And I, I think it would just, it would eliminate all of this. Yeah. <laughs> it would eliminate all of this. Yeah. You know, I'm not a religious person, but I think it would take a miracle for them to even <laughs> consider like <laughs> clicking on the website link, you know? Oh, I think, uh, yeah. We're li listening to our podcast. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're we'll right. send it. To, we can send it to We can send it to yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. So there's so much in the idea of what these, you know, divisive concepts, right. That are just, um, ridiculous um and insanity that um you know I, I wanted to make sure that we got through and, and talked about um you know i i think broader to that for me uh aaron is this idea that I, and i don't know if, i don't know what the right word is right whether this is fascinating or intriguing or wild uh is the idea that this bill was actually called individual freedom right and yeah. you just talked about individualism, individualism. right yep, yep, yep. so individual freedom right and and i i had it sort of stopped me in my tracks to think about that name right and i think it strikes me in a way that I don't like um, because of my sort of natural orientation to think about our existence as being in relation to and and in relationship with what with each other. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, um, there's that. And, and also sort of my commitment to this idea that we talk about here on the podcast about collective liberation. Right. And so mm -hmm. I just feel so at odds with that name alone. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously we've talked about the legislation itself at length here, but I also I think about that in conjunction with the idea and I think about it in terms of the, the phrasing psychological distress, right. That's mm -hmm. in this, right. But it's the, the idea that certain folks freedom is more important than others. Yeah. Right. And so in this context, if for this legislation, white children and their psychological well-being is more important than the rest of our children's freedom and learning and psychological well-being, Right. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, troublesome is not strong enough of a word right yeah. um and and dis despicable right it really is right because that is who we are um most concerned about in the context of this bill and when we think about yeah. individual freedom right yeah i mean it's the other thing that sticks out to me is calling it individual freedom that's what all of the people who are opposed to um sort of public health measures in the in the midst of the pandemic that we're still in in very much so in um you know they wanted their individual freedom and so it's also interesting to me to see the ways that these different things are connecting yes. to one another uh in terms of oh i don't want to wear a mask to um that like you know I, I don't want my child to learn about the okoe uh election massacre election day massacre from 1920 um 
and how that happened right here in Florida. Yeah. Um, and so it's just the way that they're connected, as you said, the way that it um, says that it's not about, you know, promoting any one race over the other. And it in this sort of very obviously um, quote unquote colorblind way mm. that then actually just promotes the well-being of white kids absolutely um and employees in state agencies yeah. and you know all that like and it's um yeah it's hard to think about how we address that to sort of talk to people about it directly to be like well what like what's the end result yeah yeah what is the end result of this legislation like who do you believe is feeling psychological distress and what is that actually doing? What's, right. what's the actual outcome of that? And then if you take those things away, then what happens? Right. And there's, there's clearly none of, none of no. that happening in by the authors, at least or the, the people sort of pushing it. No. And I always, uh, you know, as an educator, always am thinking about like, what is the, um, what does it mean on the other end for our students, right? right. Like when they, if like you did, right? K through 12, right? Like what mm -hmm. does it mean when, when these students graduate and leave us, you know, what have they taken away from us? What have they taken away from this experience? Right. And you know, how better or worse are they as a result of learning or not learning this, right. um, this content, right? And, I, and again, yeah. I think it does, it, it has the potential to do a real disservice, um, to their education and to their overall well-being and their ability to be sort of um, high-functioning, you know, adults in our society, right? And so I think the other piece to point out about this is, you know, this legislation was being proposed in Florida, um, yeah. and it isn't just limited to Florida, um, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so that's something that I think is important to note and to point out, right? Um, in addition to sort of this bill, Florida has also within the past couple of weeks passed a bill that would prohibit classroom discussions about sexual orientation and gender identity in primary schools, right? Mm -hmm. So folks may have heard sort of the the language that's being used. The bill is sort of being called the don't say gay bill. And there's similar legislation to that being proposed in Louisiana as well, right? And so I think to me, it's really difficult to, to comprehend the threat and danger that um, this kind of bill is going to do to our LGBTQ students, right? And yeah. so, um, so there's all this work being done in various states across the country to again ban critical race theory <laughs> being taught in schools, which is just preposterous. Um, you know, to also, and we talked about this before, remove books from school libraries, right? Yeah. Um, as well, and and I I struggle with sort of the snowball effect of all of this sort of hateful rhetoric and 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 these efforts and of what's to come and and sort of what it will mean for for our society and especially again our children yeah yeah you mentioned the don't say gay bill um and some stuff happening in louisiana too i mentioned at the at the beginning that these things are all connected to the sort of right-wing culture war yes. um, of churning out all these all these um pieces of legislation um, you know, and I, I want, I think we'll, we'll spend, let's spend a, an episode, 
um, in the near future talking about the different things that are sort of happening with that. Yeah. Because what's happening in Texas is also atrocious with um, trans kids and yes. um, authorities, teachers, school administrators, then reporting parents to Child Protective Services if they're... Um, if their child uh, expresses that they might be trans, right, and starts um, to transition, and, and like that. Um, yeah. yeah, and so I think that there's um, there's also a lot to discuss and be paying attention to with with all of that as well. And so I think, um, you know, let's do one, let's do an episode about that. Absolutely, too. absolutely. Well, and that's a good, I think, transition to to think about um, application, right? Yeah, right. Because yeah. this is this kind of you know attack on critical race theory and attack on sort of this culture war as you call it right is happening in other places right and so it's important to think about the connection the connections that are being made and the 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 work that's being done across the country around this so Mm -hmm. yeah maybe we should shift to talk about that what do you think yeah let's talk about how it applies to our day-to-day lives um so i've said a version of this i think over and over (laughs) on this this little podcast of ours um but we can't ignore this history, yes, um, right. The the sort of five incidents that I think were named in that Washington piece, Washington Post piece, um, are important. So if we continue to ignore and suppress this history and these stories, then we continue to reinforce the racist dynamics that operated in history and continue to operate today. Um, so these kinds of laws are directly applicable to those for those reasons, um, and these laws also turn us on each other. Yeah. Right? Um, they frequently create reporting structures for people to send in reports about teachers yes. um, or other people who are violating these laws, um, you know, which then states it uses the state as a way to reinforce these laws about race, which they say is something that doesn't happen mm-hmm. anymore. So there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard to sort of wrap your mind around how much they can just take the institution and use it as a way to um, take the state, take an institution, take whatever, um, and use it as a way to then sort of create uh, this environment where we're not talking about the history. We're not talking about all the things that that, uh, people, all people have experienced in this country. All people, absolutely. Yeah, this idea of making the institutions themselves a weapon um, is is a huge piece of this. So I love that, right? We can't ignore history. You know, when I was thinking about application, I, I also think about something we've talked about, <laughs> yeah. I think many times on on this. And I don't know, I sort of teeters, I think between application and homework, but this idea of us continuing to have conversations about critical race theory, I think is important, yeah. right? And specifically what critical race theory is and what it is not um, is, is so important, right? And I think, yeah. you know, given our conversation today and what's happening with, with these kinds of legislation, Right. And how we've seen conservatives misguidedly name and use and attack critical race theory. Um, I think I would think there's really no doubt about the need for us as a society to continue to have these conversations and to recognize that really point blank. This kind of legislation uh, like critical race theory is a legal framework that argues that racism exists in a systemic way in our country's institutions. Yeah. Right. Um but it is not being taught in our schools, right? It's it's just simply not, right? It's being mm-hmm. taught in some college courses. It's certainly being taught in law school, but it is not being taught 
uh, to our children in K through 12 education. Right. And so we, a, at least not in any kind of like widespread way. Like, no, no. Yeah. Right. And so it does not sort of, you know, deem this kind of legislation, uh, you know, worthy in my opinion, and it is not what this legislation really is about, right? And so I think right. you know a big piece of application here is that we have to continue to have these conversations. And we have to be clear about what it is that we're actually talking about when we're trying to address issues related to social justice and and you know what it is that we really want um, our children <laughs> to be getting out of their education. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to be loud. Too, yeah. Of like, no, I want my kid to know the truth. Yes. Like I want, you know, I would like our children to experience some discomfort in learning. Yes. Um, because they're going to learn more that way. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. All right. So homework is what, what do we think we can do to continue to learn about this? Right. Um, I think for me, um, it's connected to my application, um, paying attention to what the people in your cities and states are doing through school boards or through city councils, county councils, whatever your structure might be through legislatures. Uh, and then you make your voice heard through public comments as much as possible. Um, and be, be loud about it, get together with neighbors, um, get together with other, you know, if, if you're, um, if you have kids in school, get together with other parents that you know from, from their, with their friends, um, and, and just, make it known that stuff like this is not, um, is not what's acceptable to you yeah. in your community. Absolutely. Um, right. I also want to spend some more time with, um, the history that we shared from the Washington post article yeah. and dive into that a little bit, because I mean, as I said, I, those aren't things that I necessarily learned much no, about. I learned a lot to, from reading these. Yeah. Reading um, mm -hmm. and I had heard of a couple of them before reading this, but couple a few of them were, were brand new and so i'd like to l dive into that a little bit more um and you know maybe we just also start a series within the series within oh the, within, about um the history they don't want us to know oh i like just, that just let's just cut into it and just start yeah dropping history absolutely uh, because uh clearly we believe this is important and it's, yeah. and it's important to know about. Right. And so I like that a little mini series within the series. How about that? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about that. Um, I, I think, you know, my homework is sort of um, right there with you. Uh, you know, I want to continue to learn about and keep up with the goings on of this type of legislation, both in Florida uh, and sort of similarly what's happening across the country and other States. Um you know, and you, you talked about maybe we should do an episode on what's happening in Texas. And I completely agree with that. Right. Um, so let's 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 mark that down as something to return to. But, you know, I think we have to know what's going on to be able to do something about it. I also sort certainly want to look into what's happening sort of here in our area, like what's happening here in Maryland or maybe happening here in right. Maryland or even broader than that, the DMV. Like, I don't think any of this kind of troubling legislation, this kind that we've talked about today is happening Mm -hmm. uh, here in Maryland. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, and so I just yeah. sort of want to like do a little dive and do a little research to see, um, what's happening. I know sort of Florida has a, uh, not Florida, Virginia, uh, has some new, yeah, Youngkin's young, young doing something. Youngkin's sure. doing yeah. something. So, you know, now I sort of, as I say this, just thought about Youngkin popping into my head and yep. yeah, so there might be, so I think we should, you know, we don't live in Virginia, but it's right next door. And so I want to mm -hmm. know what's happening sort of in the DMV here and, yeah. Um, there may be some stuff that we could talk about 
pretty close to home. Yeah. And for those folks listening from outside the D.C. metro area, DMV is uh, short for D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Um, when I moved here, I was also very confused. Um, so I just thought I'd lay that out for, I for, appreciate for the that. folks listening. As you all um, know, I'm from Maryland. So DMV, that's, yeah, yeah, I know that very that's well. Common. That's just, <laughs> that's just uh, common knowledge. Common around vernacular here. Yeah, around so, here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. All right. Um, all right. So Damien, you are up next time. What do you bring to the table in our next episode? I am up next time. So uh, next week, I'm going to bring a documentary to the table for us. It is called Homeroom. Uh, and it's a Hulu original documentary film. So you can find it there and check it out um, and watch it with us. But it actually came out last year, late last year in 2021. But I actually just saw it on Twitter. Because Ryan Coogler, who, of course, folks may know, directed Black Panther, uh, is an executive producer of this documentary film. Uh, And folks may have heard he was in the news recently because he was mistaken as a bank robber when he was trying to withdraw money from his own account. Right. So, you know, racism at work, folks. Um, But I sort of as I was reading about it, found myself down a Twitter hole and found out about this uh, what looks to be a really great film as a result of that. So um, I watched the trailer. It looks really great. So it, uh, to give it a little context, it follows Oakland High School's class of 2020 as they navigated being seniors in high school and figuring out and working towards what post high school life will look like for them and all the various opportunities available to them. Uh, but they also obviously being the class of 2020 had to navigate COVID mm. in the midst of that. And so the film shares what uh, that experience was like for them. But these remarkable students, uh, there's some students that they follow from this class of 2020 from Oakland high school um, are also engaged in some incredible activism work to eliminate the school's the school district's police force. Um, And they uh, were just a shining example, I think, of young people joining in and doing the work to push for systemic change around public safety, right? And I think, you know, given some of our conversations about that, um, it got me really excited. So um, I'm I'm excited to to watch it and to talk about it with you next week. Yes, that that sounds great. I I don't think I had heard of that yet. So um, bring it something new. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan Coogler is great um, as well. Also directed um, Fruitville Station. Yes. Um, Fruitvale. Fruitvale. Uh, it sounded like I said Fruitville. It did. It's it Fruit did. Fruitvale Station, uh, which is about the uh, police murder of Oscar Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also directed the new um, sort of Rocky spinoffs. Oh, yes. Right? Uh, Creed. Yes. Yeah. Apollo. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan. Yes, yes Creed and Creed too. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's done some great, uh, great films um, as well. So, with that, we want to thank you for joining us today for listening to Interdependent Study. Uh, you know what I'm going to ask you to do, but we've been gone for a minute, so yes. you might have forgotten. Remind um, the people. <laughs> please follow, leave a rating, a review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Share our podcast with the people in your life. Follow us on social media. Check us out on uh, YouTube. We also release the the podcast episode there. Sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes, uh, which we might have some things to announce in the next a couple months. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. Uh, Folks, thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next week. 